Good evening and welcome to Paranormal or What podcast with me, your host, Michaela Ford. Hello, everybody. How have you been? Have you had a really good spooky summer? I hope so. I have. I've been poking around in old castles and burial sites and dungeons in the south of Wales this summer. And also, I've been very excited to be reading about the finding of the Calvine photograph from Pitlochry, and we'll be doing a little segment about that in one of the future podcasts. But for this week, we have an amazing person that I interviewed and had a fabulous time talking to, and that is Danny Moss. So without further ado, let's see what Danny's got to say. Enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Paranormal or What podcast with me, your host, Michaela Ford. This week, we've got a very special guest on. We have Danny Moss, TV presenter, paranormal investigator and researcher, as seen on Paranormal Captured and My Haunted Hotel and From the Haunted Hunt. So welcome, Danny. Hi, Michaela. Thanks so much for having me on. That's okay. It's a pleasure. Um, So I'm going to start with the question that I'm sure every single person who ever interviews anybody asks, which is, how did you get into the paranormal? (laughs) Yeah, I've answered this question on on many different occasions. It's uh, quite a unique story, really. I was originally a very sceptical person, never really gave the paranormal a second thought. I would probably laugh at you if you talked to me about ghosts, things like that. Um, But it's true what they say, you know, seeing is believing. And at 17 years old, quite a young age, I had an experience which just truly baffled me. And that kind of sparked my interest into the paranormal. I spent a long time doing research into the way the paranormal works, how different events companies work, uh, TV shows, things like that. And my aim really my goal was to go into this and do it differently to how everybody else is doing it or try to to do it differently than everyone else is doing it and it's been a real exciting journey for me yeah well we'll go into the I'm very interested in some of your shows actually which I've been um, heavily watching back to back over the past few days to make sure that I know everything I'm talking about Um, (laughs) but can you tell me what what it was? What was the weird incident that started you off? Yeah, so I was uh, sat in one of my friend's houses, which is a completely normal house in a normal town. There's no history behind it. It's not a, a particularly old house or anything like that. And we were just sat in the front room. Now, all of a sudden, we heard this noise coming out from in the hallway. And as we moved into the hallway, there's a, a big, long staircase. And the sound of somebody running up and down the staircase. Um, It must have happened about eight or nine times. And we were just stood there in complete disbelief because there was just simply no rational explanation for this. You know, it wasn't pipe work. It wasn't anything like that. It was literally as if a solid 
figure was running up and down this staircase, except we just couldn't see anybody. We could just hear the audio of it. Um, And that for me was the first time I really witnessed something I just simply couldn't explain at all. And I think it's fair to say it did mess with my head quite a lot. And that's, that's really sort of what sparked my interest. And I obsessed over it for weeks um, and why this happened, how it happened. Have I really just seen a ghost? You know, ghosts aren't real, things like that. And um, it just went from there really. And, you know, over the years, I've been lucky enough to experience other phenomena, which is just simply unexplainable. Yeah. And did did your friend say that it had happened before or was it just a one off thing that had happened? No, there have been other things that had happened in the house. Uh, for example, uh, there was a glass in the kitchen which just exploded. But, you know, stuff like that, you know, if it's just come out the dishwasher and then it hits a cold temperature, it can easily, you know, the temperature can cause that to happen. So for us to see this uh, and for me to witness it firsthand personally for me was an amazing moment because, you know, I am quite a sceptical person still. Um, I do look for rational explanations behind things. And I think any good paranormal investigator should do that. And this for me was just so unexplainable that, that that's what really sparked my interest into the paranormal. Yeah. And just out of interest, did, did your friend ever get to the bottom of who it was or what it was? No, no. Um, it remains a mystery. <laughs> a mystery to be solved by you one day, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> OK, so um, first of all, I suppose I wanted to ask how you um, how you made the transition from um, a person who was suddenly obsessed with finding out about the paranormal to having a presence on TV? How did that all happen? Uh, well, you know, some people know this, some people don't. When I was quite a lot younger, um, well, from 15 onwards, I was uh, heavily involved in the acting industry. So I've always been involved in television and, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to work on various shows over the years uh, for Sky, for uh, Channel 4, things like that. And, you know, I, I grew up when the era of most haunted was around um, you know in the early 2000s uh, I think I think it's fair to say it kind of got everybody in the UK into the paranormal um, and it was always my dream after you know a long period of time of researching the paranormal when I got into my early 20s for me then it was about can I turn this into a TV show but a TV show that targets a more skeptical audience rather than just a um a believer audience if you like you know uh, yeah. I, I say in the UK it's probably 50 50 in terms of people who believe in the paranormal and people who don't and a lot of people want to see it to believe it just like me um and and if you can hit an audience that is of that mindset, then you, you, you target, you're targeting a much wider range of audience because, you know, if, if skeptics watch it and go, fair play, I, I don't believe in the paranormal, but some of the stuff seen here is really interesting. And I like the way that this guy's going about it. Yeah. Um, you're then hitting the 50-50 people who are like, oh, wow, that's really interesting, but could it be something else? And then obviously the believers who believe that it's absolutely paranormal. Um, 
so so that was my aim really to try and create tv shows and work on tv shows that hit a much wider audience and um and an audience of a more skeptical nature as well yeah and so um one of your sort of continuous projects is the haunted hunts um and is is that um just a tv program or is it an events uh, program as well for, for the people who are listening what what is the haunted hunts what's it all about so the haunted hunts was my company um it, it was the company that that was created to do things differently um when after my long period of doing this research i then set up the haunted hunts to bring on like-minded people who were of a skeptical background um, to then run events for members of the public who we were trying to target. So, for example, the people who were more sceptical or people who were 50-50, not just your believers, because there are a lot of events companies in the UK where 90%, 95% of the, uh, the, the clientele, if you like, are heavy believers in the paranormal and they all do very what i would deem to be old school techniques you know table tipping victorian seance uh, ouija boards things like that uh, i wanted to develop a company that would be a lot more scientific and where guests would come on board and be quite happy having a very very quiet investigation where nothing at all happens but they know that whatever does happen is unexplained it can't be manipulated by the human touch with techniques such as dowsing rods and um table tipping mirror scrying which can really affect your imagination and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with those techniques it's just not the way that i want to work i want to work with with hard evidence so that was that was the creation of the haunted hunts and then we developed a, a very strong reputation uh, for doing things differently, which was great. And the event side of the company still runs to this day. The events are very, very popular indeed, uh, even more popular now with the uh, with the TV show. And, and and that was it then. It was it was about trying to get this onto television um, to work under a in-house production company so there are no rules and regulations that we have to follow with the production style so if we were to work with another production company they'd want it doing in their way for the broadcaster that it's going to yeah. we wanted to do it our way where we could quite easily put out episodes where absolutely nothing happens it may bore the viewer to death absolutely but it's our way and we know that the people who do watch it will be getting a realistic uh, view of what a proper paranormal investigation is all about. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you there. I mean, I've been investigating for quite a long time and I've done my own ones. I've been part of local groups. I've done big event sponsored ones. And I have to say the big event sponsored ones, you, you do get into really great locations, but um, I found it quite irritating when you're going round. People are constantly going, oh, what was that? Oh, it must be a ghost. Oh, it must be this. It must be that. And I'm stood yeah. there going, what are you talking about? Somebody yeah. just moved their shoe. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it is, yeah. Um, unfortunately, that that is what the paranormal has become. And, you know, we, we look at social media here as a key example. Social media is 
great for being able to put your evidence out there to connect with like-minded people but it also has its real vicious and, and downside whereas you watch some of the things that get posted on paranormal pages orbs are a key one key example here and everybody believes orbs are still paranormal and they're just simply not science tells us they're not um but people refuse to believe that people refuse to admit that these orbs are you know dust particles um lens flare things like that and I, you know i think for quite scientific investigators like myself it really is damaging the paranormal field how we refuse to move on from that kind of orb era and you know what do you see in this picture and self-proclaimed mediums hmm, oh i i sense a little girl in this picture from just looking at it in the internet um you know and everybody who knows me and has worked with me knows i'll say what i think basically i mean you know i am quite an, an honest and, and brutally honest at time um, but how can we ever advance the paranormal field if we are still believing that specks of dust are ghosts and manifestations? And, and how can we advance when we are getting these self-proclaimed mediums claiming that there's things in internet pictures? And, you know, I don't think that sometimes we realise the effect that can have on people um, and people who are uneducated in this field and who, who want to learn more you know house call outs are a key example if you're getting a, a self-proclaimed medium coming into a house you have a demon in this house what's that going to do to the mindset of that homeowner and 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 i just think we need to advance more now and we need more skeptical people we need more science in the paranormal and unfortunately social media can can really deter from that yeah, it can. And and people um, can be very vulnerable as well. It, it was only last week I went around a big stately home and I bumped into a lady who worked there um, and she was telling me that sadly she'd lost a child a number of years before and she'd been to several mediums in her desperation to, to make contact. Um, and I, I just said to her, look, please don't go and pay people to tell you what you want to hear because it's not real and, and it's it's not fair either. No, absolutely not. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I have met a couple of very talented mediums yeah, who me ha, have told me things that ha, have really baffled me. And, and I'm not against mediumship at all, but, uh, you know, it's common knowledge that there are a lot of self-proclaimed mediums that have stemmed from when Most Haunted was on TV um, because people, unfortunately, do cry out for this type of attention. Um, and it's a spit in the face to all the genuine mediums out there, in my yes, opinion. Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. And, also, and also, I think some people have, um, you know, uh, ended up misrepresenting other people who had faith in them as well, which is a big shame. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, we're getting quite deep quite quickly here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to go through all your TV shows first, and then I've got some other questions that I'm really interested in asking you. So the next one um, is one that I'd already seen um, quite a few times. Um, and although I'd seen you on it, it hadn't really kind of triggered me going, oh, that's Danny Moss, and that's Paranormal Captured. Um, and that's quite um, an interesting format for a show, isn't it? Can you tell us what happens on that show? 
Yeah, absolutely. And this this is me going back to saying that, you know, we like to work uh, with an in-house production company and that there is a production company and um, the guys who do Paranormal Captured, which is Woodcut Media. Um, and I have a very, very strong relationship with those guys because they allow myself um, and the other the other investigators on the show and the skeptics on the show to just be brutally honest and work in the way that we want to work there's no high demands for you've got to do this and you've got to do that and what you get in that show is a a real honest um side of 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 the investigators and the skeptics and you know it's also got parapsychologists on the show uh behavioral experts things like that it is a unique format and one that I'm very proud to be a part of that show. You know, there has been um, two seasons out now and a winter special as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's possibly talks of a third series coming in the near future as well, which would be great. Um, so, yeah, it's it's another great show. Um, there's a lot of sort of the investigators giving their thoughts on various clips from around the globe, which have been featured on numerous other shows as well. Um, and, and let's be honest, I think 90% of those clips are either faked or just plain ridiculous, really. But there's some interesting ones as well. But the fact that then the investigators uh, get to go out and we get to investigate well-known locations in the UK, which is fantastic, and, and then have our investigations scrutinised by sceptics, other paranormal investigators. I think that's fantastic. And um, it's a show that I think a lot of people are fond of. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, are there any particular clips that spring to mind that really sort of blew you away at all? Yeah, I think there was um, there was one in Gettysburg, I think. Um, it's quite a well-known piece of footage with uh, what appears to be an apparition running past a, an old cannon. Uh, that, that was quite good. And also a lot of the UFO stuff that gets featured on there as well really, really does make my sort of my hair stand on edge because I am a believer in UFOs, absolutely. And um, obviously there, there was government release footage as well featured on the show, which was fantastic. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm very grateful for that show. I'm very grateful for the producers behind it. And it's, you know, I think it's got a long future ahead of it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Now, I'm coming on to my my favourite one that I've watched, actually. I was absolutely glued. My Haunted Hotel. Um, I was, if I could have jumped into the TV to join in, I would have done. Um, So tell us about My Haunted Hotel. Yeah, My Haunted Hotel is a really, really exciting project and one that is completely different to any other paranormal show out there. Uh, It follows the journey of... Uh, Harry Achilleos, the owner of the Old King's Head in Chester, 400-year-old building with tons of history behind it. Uh, Brett Jones, a paranormal investigator and designer, and obviously myself. And it is a show based on real people coming to investigate and having real experiences. And it is a mix between, how can I describe this, goggle box paranormal lockdown and big brother um (laughs) it's just it's pure entertainment but all based on real real evidence and real footage and the fact that there are 16 cameras in the building monitoring absolutely everywhere 
when something happens, we capture it. And that is the beauty of this. And I'm a huge believer that when you work on an investigation, you, you need to be part of a building regularly so that you can gather all the history, you can monitor the paranormal activity, you can know what is debunkable as well. And that is something that we've been allowed to do at my haunted hotel. And this show, in my opinion, is going to go through the roof because it is so popular already and it's only been open four months. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely fascinating. And I love the fact that you said it is like paranormal goggle box because um, even the things that aren't to do with the paranormal are fascinating when the people walk into their hotel room and they're kind of looking around and having little chats with each other and going to the loo which really made me laugh this last <laughs> one I think it was episode 15 made me chuckle um, <laughs> but um, it was yeah it is just it's so real real people um, and their reactions are real to the banging and the whispers and um there's one, I think it was episode 14 I watched um, this morning where you were doing the Estes method and um, the man in the next room was asking questions um, and he was getting answers from a completely different person to the person that he thought he was getting them from. That was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a place that continues to throw surprises at us. You know, obviously, uh, the, the chair footage recently has, has hit the headlines. Uh, that was one of the best things I've ever seen on camera. And, it, you know, it is, it is about real people, whether they are paranormal enthusiasts, um, professional paranormal investigators, or just members of the public who, who want to go and spend the night in Haunted Building. It's a real mix of people and they're all there and they're all there for the same thing, really. And it, it's great to have real people involved rather than just paranormal investigators doing a run-of-the-mill paranormal show. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it's very different. And there's some comedy involved as well, which is great. Yeah, and it makes it makes it even more watchable. Now, on my haunted hotel, Harry said in one of the episodes that he thought that they had a lot more activity during the heat waves. Do you think that extreme heat or extreme cold play a part in paranormal activity? It's it's an interesting theory, and it's one that we are actually monitoring because, you know, I'm sure there's there's some very rational explanations behind certain things such as you know temperature fluctuations within a building makes the woods contract and you know things like that but some of our most active nights have been when it is really really hot which is quite strange and the mm. building is a typical 400 year old building it's freezing cold in the winter and it's roasting hot in the summer um i've always been a believer that that rain sort of adds to the atmosphere and, and, and can drum up paranormal activity. Um, that's the believer within me. But, you know, there's no evidence to really back that up. And I think in order for us to really say for definite, we would have to monitor it over a prolonged period of time uh, yeah. to see whether it is and then it changes. So it's an interesting one. And he, he's definitely got a, a theory there that, that could have some substantial things behind it yeah because I it did I mean I'm a sort of uh you know armchair scientist as it were <laughs> I sit there with my theories um but yeah I wondered if the the denseness of the air somehow when it's really really hot somehow 
transmits the energy better I don't know but how would you measure that it would be so hard how do you measure a lot of this stuff it's really difficult isn't it and you've got a lot of equipment in your show yeah it, it is very difficult I mean, I, we spent one afternoon taking um probably every kind of scientific reading you can get your know, barometric pressure humidity uh, air pressure light static everything uh, emf levels and everything was just completely normal reading how they showed and what we're trying to look for is spikes in certain aspects of these fields when activity happens uh, and probably the the most interesting experiment that we're doing right now is the hertz frequency experiment where we are playing hertz frequencies into the atmosphere and an area between 2500 and 3500 hertz on multiple investigations back to back has caused paranormal activity to happen whether that be disembodied voices disembodied movement it's really interesting and one that again we just need to keep going with to to get yeah. definitive answers is that the same thing as infrasound or is that something different is that, uh, um... yeah it, it hertz frequencies basically uh it starts at zero hertz and moves through and then once it sort of gets into the 20,000 25,000 hertz it starts moving outside of the the human hearing range infrasound is it is what's known as the the ghost frequency isn't it where it can actually cause hallucinations yeah. in the human brain similar to real high levels of electromagnetic energy um which is again you know as, as an investigator i if i ever get a call out case that i go to i i immediately check for high levels of electromagnetic field which can cause you know uh, electrical disturbances within the brain and hallucinations which could be the cause of paranormal activity or well it's not paranormal activity it's just simply a, you know a hallucination the human brain is a powerful thing as, as you know um so you know and this is something that, that really is grating on me at the minute where you know investigators are rocking up to a, a location they're getting a spike on a k2 meter and suddenly oh it's a manifestation of a ghost guys come on we need to be more educated than this there are new numerous things that can affect electromagnetic field detectors you know cell towers phone signals things like that uh, it's not evidence of, of ghosts and spirits and things like that you know we we need to really test these fields more yeah yeah definitely i mean some people that i've been with have been stood with the k2 meter next to some big electrical circuit board going oh look it's going up you're like hmm, i wonder why that is <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and it, is that what you call emf poisoning on the show is that what yeah you've yeah so uh, you know i have um i carry a card around with me which is basically giving you the frequencies where it's at dangerous levels of emf and emf poisoning is a well-known thing and you know if, if there is a certain piece of paranormal activity that people are witnessing say on a staircase for example and that's got a hundred milligauss of emf coming out of it then there's a high chance that it's causing hallucinations in the brain. It's it's not paranormal. It's not evidence of ghosts. But if, you know, the, the fields are reading completely normal in that spot, then we need to look at other aspects. What else could it possibly be? And, you know, it, it's not to say it's not paranormal, but we have to explore every other explanation first. Yeah. And so um, 
I know that you um, sort of, I don't know if you invented or um, made is the right word, but you, you've got a piece of kit that you sort of designed, I believe, called the Intravox. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's correct. Um, it's my own design. Uh, it's not available anywhere. It's not for sale, anything like that. A lot of people ask me, can I can I purchase it? And the reason I don't sell it is because I don't want rip-off designs to start happening and people to be using it because they believe they're definitely getting contact with spirits. What this device does is inject different levels of white noise frequency into, uh, into a, a room, the atmosphere, and... It's an experiment that I tested for a very long time before I created the device because I noticed a wave of paranormal events would happen when you inject large amounts of white noise and on different frequency levels into a room. Uh, suddenly banging would start. And, and this isn't the imagination. This is multiple people in the room witnessing it at the same time. It's being captured on camera as well. And then before long... I noticed that voices started manifesting in the atmosphere, disembodied voices, which for me is some of the most compelling evidence I've ever captured. Um, because once you hear a, a disembodied voice comes through and you know there's no explanation for that, that's when you really do delve into the realms of paranormal. So this is what the Intravox device does. Uh, it doesn't work every time. It doesn't work in every location. But when it does produce evidence and when you turn this device on it can create very very strange paranormal occurrences and we've noticed this in a place i do called tattenold hall uh, and also in my haunted hotel as well but there has been plenty of locations where i've taken it and absolutely nothing happens you know and i've had this thing injecting white noise for two three hours at a time sometimes and absolutely nothing happens it's very hit and miss but when it does happen I believe it is extremely compelling evidence. Yeah. And um, you mentioned Tatton Old Hall, and I believe you've got exclusive um, sort of investigation rights there. Am I right with that? Yeah, that's correct. We, uh, we have uh, developed a project there that has been going since 2018. Uh, so we're in our fourth year now. We've actually just had our four year anniversary of the project there. And it is, again, a very, very unique project uh, evolved around haunted items now again there is a big craze in the paranormal with haunted dolls things like that and it's just not something i believe in at all but a certain item that we do have consistently produces some of the best evidence i've ever had in my career and i've had hundreds and hundreds of people witness it firsthand voices uh, knocking on the box that is uh, that, that contains the the vessel it is just very, very strange item, and that's the project that's currently going on at Tatton Old Hall. Uh, it, that's that's when you start looking into the more negative and, dare I say, evil side of the paranormal, uh, and that's what's currently going on at Tatton Old Hall. And it's it's very exciting to some. It's very concerning for myself and uh, the rest of the Haunted Hunts team. Yeah, so if you don't believe that objects can be haunted for want of a better word what is your explanation for things that happen around these objects i don't have one um which is the only way i can put it really because 
I see a lot of things online about haunted dolls, but I never ever see any evidence coming from them. Somebody doing a live feed on Facebook where their K2 meters going crazy next to a doll is not evidence that this doll houses any mm. kind of spiritual attachment. When you start seeing a doll move unexplainably, and when you start hearing knocking coming from the box that it is contained in, and when you start hearing voices coming from this item, uh, that is when we delve into the the real realms of wow, what the yeah. hell is going on here? Doesn't um, that change your mind though? It does, yeah. But it, unfortunately, again, when I, I talk about social media and everything, there's a lot of fake stuff out there. Mm. Um, this for me is the most genuine thing I've ever seen, and the fact that I've got hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses to back it up, and I've got hundreds of pieces of evidence captured on camera to back it up. What I see online with other haunted dolls is no evidence to back it up and no eyewitnesses. Yeah. So that's the difference. Yeah, I think one thing that I've learned over the years is, and I think it's probably why the, you know, things like this are so hard to prove, is that paranormal experiences are very personal. You literally have to see it or hear it yourself to believe it. You can you can sit and watch footage of things for the next 50 years, but if you're not there in a room when something happens, it, it, there's a part of you that's going, ah, well, it's probably this, they probably did that. So it, it's, it's really hard. I think the uh, famous Harry Price had this problem as well when he was trying to convince other people. No, I've, I, you know, he was at Borley Rectory for years and years and years, but other people wouldn't believe him. And it's because they weren't there. Do you yeah, agree absolutely. with that? Absolutely agree. And, you know, I've got two of Harry Price's books here that are fascinating read. And it is. But I'm exactly the same. Uh, that's how I started. I, I turned a blind eye to all this kind of thing. And it took me to see it and witness it myself to believe it. Um, and it is rare. Paranormal activity is rare. It, you can't just rock up on a public investigation with an events company and you're going to have proof of ghosts. It just doesn't work like that, unfortunately. You can't just watch a TV show and accept that everything you see is real. You know, the shows I've worked on, absolutely. I, I, I've been very lucky enough to work on shows that everything that's captured is real, but there's hours and hours and hours and hours and days and weeks of filming where absolutely nothing happens at all. Um, so it's just one of them. And we're always going to have that battle in the paranormal with, with the sceptical side. But I like working with sceptics, don't get me wrong. I, I really do enjoy working with sceptical people because I've had real sceptics stand in a location with me and witness something firsthand and then come away having their mindset changed. And that, for me, is such a fulfilling part of my job. Yeah, and, and to have people sort of open their minds rather than being closed-minded is, is really satisfying as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what, out of all the equipment that you've used, and I'm sure that um, a lot of it sort of seems to get better results than others, what's your favourite piece of kit besides the one that you designed? <laughs> yeah, I, I love electronic voice phenomena. EVP. Um, I, I have a very unique way of working with EVP where, you know, a, a lot of people tend to just, just use a, a simple recorder and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I've captured some class A EVPs using the cheapest of digital voice recorders. Um, 
but I, I've developed a way now which connects multiple Rode microphones, high-powered Rode microphones into a mixing system where you can actually then monitor the waveforms as you're doing the EVP live and watch for any spikes in the audio, then immediately stop it and go back and review. Um, and I think doing EVP sessions with the use of um, lots of cameras as well to prove where everything is at the, at the time you're doing it. Uh, I love working with full spectrum cameras, absolutely. Um, and I, I use a very, very unique EMF detector as well, which was actually recommended to me by a guy called Steve Higgins, who does uh, Higgy Pop Paranormal. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's the it's something called the GQ EMF detector. And what this device does is it actually tells you what is causing your levels of electromagnetic field. So it will wow. tell you Wi-Fi, cell tower, radio. So it allows you to, to debunk levels of EMF as you're working. But yeah, you know, besides the Interox device, which is obviously my, my own design, um, EVP, love working with EVP, absolutely love full spectrum cameras and, and locked off cameras as well, yeah. um, which, you know, it's you don't have to go high tech with all this stuff. I appreciate for people who are just starting out, it can be very, very expensive to purchase this type of equipment. A simple locked off camera, um, you can pick up off the internet for about 25 quid um, and a simple digital voice recorder you can get for 15 quid. It's, it's not mega money. So um, what, what I do have a huge issue with at the moment is these apps yeah. that people are using uh, i've got a major major issue with them right now yeah um what would you yeah because i'm completely with you in fact um on investigations i've tried two or three of them and after a few minutes i just thought this is ridiculous this is just pointless it's just a word bank what um because i know uh, um, we there is a piece of kit that a lot of paranormal investigators use called the Ovilus or similar sort of ITC devices. Um, so for people who are listening who might not know a lot about paranormal investigations, um, and here's now your chance to put them off these horrible apps, what's, what's the difference between um, something like the Ovilus and an app on your phone? Okay, so I use a device, uh, and I, I rarely use it, I have to admit, but I, I do pull it out sometimes because, you know, I am I am a fan of ITC. I do like ITC, but what I will say about ITC is you can never class it as 100% paranormal. Um, that's just simple as it gets. You can get great results. I've had some really, really interesting results using ITC, but you can't class it as 100 percent and the ovulus i use is the ovulus 5 which uh, has other functions not just the dictionary mode it has a uh, motion detectors on it vibration sensors on it so you can actually put it on a surface and use it as like a footstep detector or a knocks and back like a geophone basically um which is great I, I like using that because you're actually getting hard evidence there if, if you're getting a knock and bang and you know that nothing's caused that it's registering on a device and it's telling you that it's indicated with these apps now there's a, a specific one at the minute i put something out online um a few weeks ago now and got absolutely battered for it and um, i had horrendous inbox messages um from it uh, which is which is just disgraceful. Um, but it's called something called Demonivox. Oh, I haven't now, heard of that one. Now, this is an app that claims to be able to contact the dead. Okay. Now, here's my issue with it. It is using um, 
you know, like you go on to Radio 4 and you have um, sort of audio books yeah. being, being read out. So this is using four different types of audio books implemented into the device, which will then cycle on a random, um, uh, you know, a random cycle. Now, what this is doing is it's pulling out these four audio books, which are all based on demonic hauntings. And you're then going to get the word demon possession things like that coming up because these are words that are often used in these audio books uh, so when you've got a device it's just cycling word sound banks how the hell is that evidence of the paranormal and and and, and this is my argument how can you class that because if you call out and you could sit there now i've done this just to prove it i did it with the necrophonic app i sat there for two hours and i called out about wow 1500 2000 2500 questions okay six of them questions came back with what you would deem as an intelligent response six the rest of it was nonsense absolute nonsense words or audio pareidolia where your brain makes out what you want to hear now i filmed the session so i could then watch it back and when i thought i heard oh well, it sounded like murderer oh, oh it sounded like my name that did and when you actually play it back on camera, it sounds nothing like what you've just heard. But because mm. the human brain wants to recognize familiar things, it's the same with pictures. People post pictures online. What do you see in this picture? And you get all kinds of ridiculous comments. And I look at it and go, I'm not seeing any of that. But the human brain wants to see things and it wants to hear things. So these apps are utter garbage, in my opinion. And you know, I think I really hit a nerve on social media because the people who were then arguing with me about it, it's pretty clear that their only form of paranormal evidence that they've ever got for their YouTube channels or whatever they're doing is from these apps. And they don't want their viewers or a big name in the paranormal like me to then expose these apps. I got called all sorts. I got called an ego and everything because I called people uneducated for using them. It's not me being an ego. It's me trying to better the paranormal field because if we're now moving into a generation where people are classing apps used on your mobile phone as evidence of the paranormal, we're going down a deep, dark route that I don't think we'll be able to get out of. Yeah, and I also think, I mean, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting old, but uh, it just seems, it seems to be against common sense. You know, even just normal common sense, you know, how how would this phone, which is basically pre-programmed with everything that you could ever think of, how could that be a source of paranormal evidence? I mean, it just... Obviously, somebody's making money off this app by throwing a load of words into a sound bank and then it spews them out randomly. I mean, it, it seems obvious to me. This is a, this is exactly my point. And this is a money making scheme, whether you like it or not. And, and believe me, there's some absolutely garbage pieces of equipment out there. Um, the, the Ovulus device in the dictionary mode Yes, it's measuring different changes in the atmosphere and bringing through a word. But you can't ever class that as 100% evidence of the paranormal. And this is, this is exactly why I will not sell the Intrabox device. I could make thousands and thousands of pounds if I put that out for sale, because I know for a fact people have seen it on television. 
and they'll think it's going to provide them results. So they'll go out and, and they'll, they'll mimic it. They'll fake stuff with it, things like that. And I can make thousands of that, but I won't do it because I believe in the device and I don't want it to go and get ripped off. Um, and that's the difference here. People are creating these apps on mobile phones specifically to go and make as much money as possible. And they're actually providing zero evidence of the paranormal, zero evidence. Go and speak to high, big names in the paranormal. Go and speak to Dr. Kieran O'Keefe. Go and speak to Dr. Cal Cooper. These guys you, you, <laughs> will just rip these apps to pieces. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but people don't like the fact that I'm doing it because they know I've got a following on social media and I will be turning people away from me and it damages their evidence then, or I'll put the, uh, the quotations up evidence. Yeah. Um, how much damage do you think that social media and hoaxes are doing to um, serious investigation of the paranormal field? Massive damage, but this is, this is not a new thing. There was things mm. happening before social media. Look at the Loch Ness um, hoax all those years ago it was way before social media so it's, it's not a new thing it will yeah. always it will always exist and um, my issue at the minute is with some of the youtube channels that are blatantly faking footage um and i work in production so i know how easy it is to fake certain things i can spot it from a mile off um and these live facebook investigations that people are doing and, and people are so obsessed with where people are breaking in to private properties abandoned properties they are then holding a k2 meter up or they're pulling out this uh, necrophonic app or the monivox or whatever it is and sensationalist headlines devil seen within this building is this proof of witchcraft here my christ do you, do you know what i mean it's an yeah. absolute spit in the face to people who take this industry seriously yeah there's one that i've watched and um you know i've got a terrible memory but i wouldn't say the name of it if i could remember it but it's um a, a young guy and a young girl and they're constantly they must do it five nights a week which just makes me tired looking at it um and it's like oh go give us your thumbs up give us your likes give us your um yeah and i don't know if they're breaking into buildings or not but they i don't know if it's just the um the the kind of coward within me but um, I, I, if I go investigating somewhere, I get permission before I go there. Um, and I think it's really wrong and dangerous to just go um, charging into these abandoned buildings on other people's property as well. It's, it's, re it's really bad. Yeah, it's disgusting. And, and it's, it's really offensive to uh, people like me who work with producers, professional producers who work in television who have to, I, I know what's involved in having to hire a location. I know the extortionate fees that are involved as well and what, you, uh, what it costs to make a paranormal TV show. Um, and then you've got these types of people who are breaking in everywhere five nights a week and are getting 50, 60,000 views from uneducated viewers who, who believe everything is paranormal. It, it is. There's so much wrong with the paranormal field right now, but... Let's spin it. There is a lot of positives as well. There is this one thing that I really like, actually, about the way that you go about things. Um, and it's one of the, the fundamental things that uh, that's really important to me. And I've actually left paranormal groups because I didn't feel that people were doing it right. Um, is that you are very respectful to the people that you're calling out to. 
Um, so let's let's say, for example, I'm going to come on to this question in a bit. Um, but let's say if you imagined that um, that that ghosts were um, spirits of dead people, um, and then you would talk to them as if they were people um, and respectfully address them. And I really like the fact that you're very respectful when you're calling out. Is that um, something that you're very hot on? Uh, wow, well, it's quite surprising that you said that actually. Oh, because, really? <laughs> yeah, in the first series of the Haunted Hunts and in the first series of Paranormal Captured, uh, I actually got battered online for being disrespectful. Really? Uh, yeah, really. And what I think a lot of people didn't realize is that we were dealing with locations with severely negative hauntings. So let me ask you this question If you were to deal with a very negative and nasty person in life, would you be respectful to them? No. <laughs> there we go. So it's the same in paranormal investigation. I've dealt with a lot of what you would deem to be negative hauntings where I will actively try to provoke and trigger a response because I think that's the only thing they would recognise is confrontation. But spin it on its head, when you're working in just a, you know, a, a very beautiful historic location, and I am extremely respectful of the locations I work at because they are pieces of valuable history in this country. And, um, you know, if you're trying to contact whoever it may be, then it, of course, of course you'd be respectful. There's no doubt about it. But I also try to call out in a manner that is very, very clear because there is going to be a language barrier um, mm. if you're trying to communicate with someone who was alive in the 17th century they're not going to understand the speed the accents nowadays the slang words things like that so I try to be as clear and posh as possible if that makes sense <laughs> I did um, um, when you said that on um, I think it was the haunted hunts um, I was for one second waiting for you to go verily sir <laughs> <laughs> whatever do you know what go into some sort of Shakespearean language but unfortunately you didn't <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I attempted 17th century dialect in um I think it was season three of the haunted hunts and it did actually work um really really surprising but again this is another thing that I think people need to realize because I, I see it a lot on paranormal investigation events with, with different companies can you come and touch the REM pod What's yes. a REM pod? What, what, if you were alive in the 17th century, what on earth is a REM pod? It's, yeah. it's, it's machinery. It's far advanced. So again, that's another thing that, that grates on me sometimes. And it's, it's not a dig at people as such. It's just educate yourself a little bit. And yeah. you're trying to call out, they don't know what a REM pod is. Exactly. Again, it's common sense, isn't it? Put yourself in the shoes of whatever it is you're, you think you're trying to communicate with and try and do something that they understand. Um, Absolutely. But I don't know. Maybe it's just me. So I'm coming to the big question now, Danny. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is a ghost? Oh, um, oh, what do you a, think it is? I know throwing, that throwing a curveball at me there. <laughs> Have you got an opinion, or is it just a constantly evolving kind of um, investigation? Go on, then. I'll let you off a bit there. Look, I, I believe I've captured one on camera um, in Pendle Hill at a place called Lower Wellhead Farm. It was what I would perceive as a full-bodied apparition, some kind of figure in a dress of some sort or a cloak of some sort walking past on a lot of camera it was 
reasonably see-through um, and there was just absolutely no way because you just cannot debunk it, in my opinion. I believe a ghost is a memory of the past, a residual type of manifestation. I, I'm a, a quite a big believer in the stone tape theory, whereas a, a building's fabric can absorb the memories. Now, here's something interesting. I live in a house that is um, only 30-odd years old. It's uh, had no previous owners. It's completely uh, not haunted in the slightest. Sometimes I can sit in the kitchen and there's a doorway that comes into the kitchen, which everybody uses all the time. Now, sometimes at the corner of my eye, I see somebody walk through and I look, is that just an energy or a memory of how many times people have walked through that door, just absorbing within the fabric of the building? It, it, it can seem far-fetched, but it's something that I really want to explore further. Um, so that is what I believe a ghost is. It's a, it's a memory, a manifestation. And then you have obviously different types of hauntings, intelligent entities, um, negative entities, poltergeists, noisy spirits. Um, and then, you know, there's the, the big one that's doing the realms and the doing the rounds of the paranormal right now, which is the demonic hauntings, um, which is, you know, something I'm, I'm not a massive believer in, to be honest. Yeah, I'm really interested in shadow people because um, I find that I don't I don't like to um, sort of pin my opinion down on one thing. Right. I think this is this and that's my opinion. I don't do that because mm. I, I feel like uh, my opinions constantly evolving and changing all the time. So I don't like to stick to one thing. But yeah. one thing I don't. I don't understand or have much of an opinion on, but I'm fascinated by shadow people. Yeah. Yeah. I've. Um interestingly enough there's been one you, you may have seen it on some of the haunted hotel episodes the, the picture yeah. that was captured in 2014 yeah. and hundreds and hundreds of people have seen this shadow figure in 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 the hotel um in different areas of the hotel as well and there's, there's actual visual evidence of it what is it, it this is the thing it, it, what is this shadow figure and it is it's a big black mass um yeah. it's very bizarre it is. It's fascinating. I mean, I've seen one with my own eyes um, on Halloween, um, on, on out in my street. Um, and even now, I still think, did I really see that? Yeah. What, what was it? Um, what, what's your opinion on? I know people this seems to be getting more and more popular i think um along with the sort of idea of different types of entities and cryptids and all this sort of thing is the idea and i know there's been a lot of scientific work into proving that there might be different dimensions um all sort of uh, parallel what have you got an opinion on on dimensions no, I, I don't. I don't have an opinion, but it is a subject that fascinates me. Um, and anything to do with, um, obviously, I think a lot of people have seen the film Interstellar. Yeah, absolutely mind blowing film. And when I start thinking about space and and uh, other dimensions and time zones and parallel universes, things like that. Oh wow, it, it can it could absorb you for five hours, kind <laughs> yeah. of. Um, I, look, I, I'm not going to be pig-headed enough to sit here and go, that's not possible, because 
But again, you need proof of it, don't you? You need yeah. evidence of this kind of thing to, to say for certain. Um, there's no there's no real proof of aliens out there, but mm. I believe in it. So, you know, I, I constantly have this battle with my sceptical side and my believer side. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think there's a lot of people out there who probably think there's similar things to me in terms yeah. of that. Um, but yeah, it would be fascinating, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It really would be. Um, and there is this part of me that thinks, oh, I really get, hope I get to find out these things when I die. It would be so annoying <laughs> if I didn't. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I think I'd like to find these things out while I'm alive. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that, that would be better. Yeah. So um, I'm intrigued about the um, the fact that you... I, I, I didn't actually expect you to say that you um, sort of believed in UFOs. So I'm... Re- I, I believe in everything, I'm afraid, Um, to a certain degree. I don't believe that everything, when I go on, let me clarify, when I go on an investigation, I haven't personally been on a paranormal investigation where I've seen anything that I would have said was a ghost and I'm waiting for that to happen. And I think I'm too skeptical sometimes. But as a concept, I believe in lots of different things, um, such as I'm really interested in aliens and UFOs. So how did that interest start for you? Um, when I was very, very young, um, well, I must have been maybe 11, 12, I saw something in the sky. Um, it was a huge pink um, blob, is the only way I can describe it. And it just hovered. And it hovered and it hovered and then it just went and just evaporated. Uh, Really, really, really strange. And I think there's a lot of secrecy, especially with governments. And there's there's major secrets with the American government. You know, you've got to look at the whole Area 51 Roswell thing. Now, I don't necessarily believe a UFO crashed in, in the 1900s and they found evidence of it and all that. That's not what I'm saying. But wouldn't it be very, very silly to sit here and think that we are the only people out there? Mm. We are the only planet that can create life. Um, No, I believe there's planets very in our solar system the, the, you know the the, um, the moons off saturn things like that is it titan is it I, i'm not oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not a massive expert but i believe that if we were to one day be able to get onto these planets you would find microorganisms and things like that that that's proof of aliens is it not um yeah. just because it's not little green men running around with big heads yeah um but i do believe what's the uh, the telescope recently that's been able to to see all the distant galaxies you know that's doing the rounds oh yeah i know what you mean i can't yeah. remember the name of it no i'm not i'm not an expert on it at all but um you look at that and these galaxies we can't get to them but there could be a civilization in one of them galaxies that is far more advanced than us that is able to get here um and I think you only need to look at the the, the release footage for the, you know that we covered on paranormal captured as well from the government, uh, the yeah. Tic Tac video, isn't it? Yeah. Of this, what is that? And I don't believe for one second that that is um, created by the Chinese or the Russian government. There's no way because if that is a manned aircraft, humans cannot deal with that. 
the, 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 the geo force would, yeah. would, would rip them to bits. Um, yeah. Neither do I think it's a drone because there's no way that a drone can move at that speed and it can move underwater and things like that. Um, yeah. I do believe there is advanced things happening, especially in Area 51, areas of Russia, areas of China, absolutely, but not that advanced. Um, and we, we know less about our own oceans than we do about our own solar system. Yeah. Who's to say there's not stuff in our oceans that, that we have no idea about? They're so deep, they're so large, there could be any type of ruined aircraft under there from another civilization. It, it's all possible, isn't it? It is. It just it starts to boggle your mind when you think about it too much, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, okay. I was going to ask you, so we've we've talked a little bit about um, what sort of irritates you about other paranormal shows. Um, so let's turn it on um, a positive um, side now. Are there any particular investigators that you've come across, past or present, that you really admire? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, when I say stuff that's irritating me about paranormal shows, that let's just clear this up. That is not a dig at colleagues of mine who, who were who were in the industry but yeah when you start seeing the likes of the dr60 voice recorder used on paranormal investigations which has been proven by uh panasonic to have multiple faults with it um that that grates on me a little bit because it's putting out a real false sort of notion to, to the to the viewers um there are a number of paranormal shows which I highly respect. Obviously, you know you've got to you've got to respect Harry Price, what he did um, for this country and the paranormal research he did. Um, I do really respect the Warrens um, mm. and the work they did. No matter what people think of them, I respect them and I, I respect what they what they did. Um, I have a I watched a show recently. I, I, I don't watch a lot of paranormal TV myself, um, just simply because I find it all very, very samey. There yeah. was one paranormal show uh, called Ghost Nation with uh, Jason Hawes and Steve. Oh yeah. Um, who who I respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I respect those guys massively. Uh, and Ghost Nation is a show that I can really get on board with. They're not. They've cut the use of pseudo tech. Um, you know, they're not just wandering around with an SP7 spirit box and, and claiming radio bleed is paranormal. They're not wandering around using apps such as the Echo Vox, which is on a, a certain other show. Um, so that is a show that I can really get on board with because they're doing things in a correct way. Now, there's also a huge issue right now with people calling if there's a disclaimer at the beginning of a paranormal show called this is for entertainment purposes only people automatically think it's fake that is the biggest false piece of information you can ever get on board with that does not mean what it means it is a disclaimer that is legally required yeah. um because it you know if you start putting out a show saying everything witnessed in this show is 100% uh, you, you're going to have a meltdown with some people because if they if they capture evidence of the paranormal people won't like that and it yeah. will scare people so look we we need to move away from that just because it says for entertainment purposes only does not mean the show is fake and the guys at ghost nation 
are not faking anything. Uh, you know, I, I follow their work. I respect them highly. I'd love to work with them in the future. They are not faking anything at all. Yeah. Um, now, I'm just looking, sorry, I'm just looking at my questions now because I think we've um, rattled through most of it. Um, oh, oh, that was it. Um, so I was, I was asking you about... Um, what you would hope to change in the future? I know we've sort of touched on this at the beginning, but as a kind of a finish off, what what do you see your goal being as a paranormal investigator? What would you like to achieve? What would be the dream that you could achieve in the next, I don't know, 50 years or whatever? What would Where would you like to get to? I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to do this full time um, and, and actually make a living from it. Um, I, I, and that for me is is a dream come true because I'm, I'm following my passion um, and turned it into a job, which is not something everybody can do. Um, so I know I'm in a very privileged position, but I want to use my position to try and change paranormal television. Um, I want to change the format of it. Now, I'm in contact with various production companies um, who, who I highly respect, and they respect me, and they agree that certain aspects need changing. And I would like to see more, and I would like to be involved in it as well, is, is create shows based on more real cases and real you know, real life cases. I think the closest to it at the minute was um, a show that went on last Halloween on Discovery Plus. It was a uh, Curse of the Highgate Vampire from a production. Oh yes, company. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Now, now don't get me wrong. I, I didn't approve of the actual paranormal investigation of it, um, but the actual format of that special episode was was everything that I think people would want in a paranormal show uh, and the, the, the viewing figures for it were sky high absolutely sky high. it was the most watched uh, show on discovery plus around halloween um it involves real eyewitnesses it involves real historians who covered those cases so why can't we do that with a, a paranormal series why can't we just pursue that more because i think all this running around in a building for one night, trying to find, you know, it's just getting old now. It's too samey. Everyone's following the same suit. Everyone's using the same methods, the same tech. It just needs to move on. And, and someone needs to just pitch it to a broadcaster who will be brave enough to go, yeah, we'll take that. Like they did with Most Haunted years ago. Now, I, I'm not a fan of Most Haunted. You know, I have my own opinions, which I won't go into on that show, as, as does everybody else. But... There's no denying the fact that they created a concept. They spent all their money on creating this concept. And it was a huge risk from, from Yvette and Carl. And eventually it got, it got taken on and got commissioned. And the rest is history. And it was a massive, massive show. There's no denying that for one second. I want to do that again, but in this era and create something that is based on 100% honesty, where people won't just watch it and when they see no activity happen, get bored and switch off. I want them to be fascinated because a paranormal show can be very, very entertaining without the evidence captured. Yeah. Because, you know, we have got a very rich history in this country. 
we've got some very rich cases. The Enfield Haunting, for example, we've got Pendle Hill, things like that. Get on board with that, explore the history, speak to the eyewitnesses, and and a paranormal show can be very entertaining from that aspect. So that is what um, I I want to achieve, as well as various other projects as well, such as as My Haunted Hotel, just because I think that is, um, it gives people a real experience and it's it's a unique thing to have where it's just all focused around one location yeah no i agree i think that's and i think that's a really um interesting way to go forward um there's one thing that i i want to ask you for just as um as something that i'm interested in and i'm sorry if i put you on the spot here but um out of out of all um the experiences that you've had when you've been investigating are there any that spring to mind can you tell us some of the more kind of bizarre or interesting experiences that you've had yeah, I could probably count on one hand the the, the most um, the, the ones that have left me completely and utterly baffled. Um, one is the the apparition we captured in in Low Wellhead Farm in Pendle Hill. Uh, that's the best piece of evidence I've ever seen ever. Um, the chair moving in my haunted hotel two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I only think it's a matter of time before something else happens in there. I, I generally do because we've got the cameras to monitor it 24 seven. Um, the gray stall in Tatton Old Hall is the third one. And probably uh, a personal experience that happened to me in Sadler's Farm in Pendle Hill as well. Um, that, that was completely bizarre. So yeah, those four experiences are probably the one that, um, confuse me the most and leave me wanting more Uh, and I am fully obsessed I am more determined than ever to try and document this stuff on camera and uh, you know I'm I'm only 32 years of age I've got a long career ahead of me hopefully and by the time I am 50 I hope to have um, completely changed the way people see the paranormal. Okay that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, oh, thank it's you. It's been brilliant to talk to you. Really interesting. And um, I think that, yeah, we watch this space as far as Danny Moss is concerned, because I think there's going to be a lot of stuff to watch. <laughs> so I'm going to say goodbye now. And thank you so much for being on the show. And I hope that we can talk to you again in the future. Thanks so much, Michaela. It's been a pleasure to come on and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Well, there we go. Wasn't that fantastic? And thank you so much to Danny for taking the time to talk to me. I'm really excited about the idea of going on my haunted hotel myself. So if I manage to book myself on and get myself a slot, I'll let you all know when I'm going to be on so that you can have a watch yourselves. Until then, enjoy yourselves, stay spooky, and don't forget to please, please, please send me your paranormal experiences. You can send them to paranormal or what podcast at outlook.com or you can directly record a voice message telling me your story on your phone and email me to the um, address the paranormal or what at outlook.com 
um, address or you can send me a voice message on Anchor, which is anchor.fm forward slash paranormal or what podcast forward slash message. So I really hope to start getting some of your stories onto the podcast. So please bug your family and friends and send me all of your exciting, weird, strange experiences. Until next time, stay spooky and don't forget that tot of something hot. Night. And remember, together we can figure it out. <laughs>